2: Oh, and welcome to the AEW Collision Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of the dadly Boys because I'm one of them, uh, Michael <laughs> Sudrick from What Culture to look ahead to this weekend's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Collision but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, pay per views. Premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with we'll a quiz, of course, on a wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Sidric to look ahead to this weekend's episode of AEW Collision. But before we talk about that, it feels like I kind of have to get your thoughts uh, on the big news story of the last 24 hours, Sig, Another round of WWE releases. uh, Full list. Dolph Ziggler, Elias, Mustafa Ali, Shelton Benjamin, Top Dollar, Riddick Moss, Emma, Aaliyah, Rick Boogs, Quincy Elliott, Bryson Montana, Dana Brooke, Mansoir, Marseille, Shanky, Dabakato, Ulyssa Leon, Daniel MacArthur, Kevin Ventura-Cortez, Alexis Gray, Brooklyn Barlow, and Ickerman Jiro. The natural conversation from those online is I mean, obviously, this is terrible for them losing their livelihoods. Um, but people seem to just automatically assume, ah, they'll be fine. They'll be picked up by Impact Wrestling, New Japan, uh, MLW, and of course, AEW. But the conversation we often have, you and I, is is there even room for them?
3: Oh, look, I think it was there, uh, was it Mac Cardona who yes. criticized Trevor Dame? who made, in my opinion, a very salient point. Like, you know, AEW, for better or or worse, is sort of like the ultimate destination and hub of all of pro wrestling. And if it's not WWE, it's them at this point. And they've sort of taken over every other style, approach, I guess, is a way of putting it. Like, I don't know, it's... It's not a thriving hotbed of a scene. You could probably make money on the indies, which is the point Cardona was making. Yeah. Like, if you can market yourself effectively, pick your dates, reinvent yourself, develop a character. Like, I think there were was a two-tweet interaction, so I don't want to put words in either person's mouth. But I think from Cardona's perspective, he's probably made a boatload, an absolute boatload. And, you know, his... um, stuff with collectibles and figures in his pods. Like, it's an independent contractor. He's probably rolling in money. That's probably the point he was trying to make. But I think the point that Trevor Dane was trying to make is that there is no really existing indie scene as it used to sort of work in that. Used to be PWG was at its peak. ROH, even though it was Sinclair, it was kind of like, you know, it was pretty much an indie. Brit Rez, I hate hate that word, especially now. Um, You basically would be able to go there. You'd be able to get some buzz because people talked about it mm-hmm. and cared about it. Mm-hmm. And then in the old fashioned, as ridiculous as that sounds, it was like, what, six years ago system. You could do a Drew McIntyre. You could steal a buzz everywhere you went, WCPW. WCW, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. And then get the call back as a better performer. That doesn't exist anymore. No. Like, I don't want to reduce impact barely hangs on. There's talent there. There's some cool stuff there, yeah. but it's barely hanging on. ROH is in the converse. Um, maybe it's even less relevant now than it was in 2019, which is ridiculous, but no less true. Um, I don't think it's quite as simple. Our fear for everyone or most people on that list yeah, I it's saw a like, different landscape. Yeah, now. To, a, to that point,
2: actually, when I was looking at the PWI 500 the other day, and I saw Alexander Hammerstone on there, I was like, I haven't even
3: thought about him yeah. for years. It yeah. feels like who's like watching MLW realistically? Who's talking about MLW realistically? Um, like, I don't want to reduce the indie scene, but it's not where it was. I'm sure Cardona makes a load of money, but it's a lie to say it was where it was and it functions how it used to function as this pipeline to a major contract or as a place in which you could rehab Mm -hmm. your career. Like, I see the odd match. All right, and maybe I'm not the most um, authoritative person to speak on this subject. See, even the odd matches that I get the chance to watch, like I've seen a few, like, funnily enough, workhorseman match from, uh, matches from this year that have been great. I'm still not seeing anything that AEW hasn't subsumed a long put on cable television mm. as a selling point or something different. Like, there are so many acts on that indie scene right now who, for whatever reason, and I cannot fathom this, are working as if, one, MGF didn't break through, and how did he do it? Mm-hmm that Orange Cassidy didn't break through, and how did he do it? I see endless amounts of really talented indie guys who are working for some reason as if Gabe Sapolsky is still a (laughs) tastemaker, Yeah, as if he is still a tastemaker, or he isn't. Maybe they just do it for the absolute love of the game. Yeah. Because they're not really doing it, in my opinion, if they're trying to differentiate themselves and have a mainstream contract. So it's a different world now. Ah, can I make a nuanced take? I've got a better chance of doing it to, you know, an understanding reaction on this podcast than I do on Twitter. Yep. A lot of the names on this list, or at least more than one, not all of the names on this list, like, it's the the circumstances in which they lost their job were horrendous. Mm. The absolute right thing to do when you have the money with which to do it, Tony Khan has, WWE has, Mm -hmm. do the honorable thing. You have paid for the services of a wrestler who you don't really treat as an independent contractor. You don't. Neither major That's does this. both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it never does. It never does. It, it does to an extent more in AEW. Like, they can work indies mostly. Um, but it's still a bit of a piss take. They're employees, in my opinion, from the outside looking in. The honorable thing to do, and to Tony Khan's credit, he does this. He doesn't do everything right or everything morally right, in my opinion. Um, but he does... Let the contracts expire. And both parties literally agreed, pen to paper. I will work for you for this amount of time. Once that time has elapsed, we can maybe go to the negotiator, negotiating table yeah. or we can part ways. Um, so it's really, really not on how they go about this, but I would be lying and I would be like a clout demon like a certain individual on Twitter who <laughs> I do not want to give the oxygen but riles me up beyond all reason. Yeah. I could just block this person. Like gassing them up and saying that there was so many missed opportunities or their career was better than it was and it's like, oh, where can we just have a bit of nuance and live in the real world? Like the nuance take for me is that there's a lot of names I would not want to walk onto AEW Dynamite. Mm. I absolutely, there are... Wrestlers released on that list again. One, should have let the contracts expire. Yes. It's shocking that they didn't. How much more money do you want? Two, there are wrestlers on that list whose contracts, because in a nicer world, they agreed to it. They should have just let them expire if they had no use for them. That I would not want in AEW. Mustafa Ali, I would take. I even said in 2020, right? Cardona. I don't think he's got the in-ring stuff for AEW at that time, even now. Um, He hasn't been over for years. He's been stigmatized as someone who just kind of exists and also ran. My take on Matt Cardona then was give him a shot. If you've proven the ability to get over and have people really rave about you and rally behind you and support you and just really feel that you were hard done by even if it's for, like, a short-term five-day deal. Put you on collision. Try and see if you've still got that bond with the audience. Lose a few. Don't, like, there's none of them coming in as a superstar. Just they're not. But Mustafa Ali has had such a, like... He's had such a shocking time that I think that I forgot how popular slash good, how promising he was. Um, I certainly felt it at the time, but it's easy to forget when he's in f***ing retribution... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when he's doing sh stuff penned by a company um on principle alone I would give Ali a chance yeah Re- absolutely would um especially with Danielson right there oh i i I'd love to see that resumed even as a one-off right even as a one-off um you could tell a story around it beat Danielson you get a deal or something Ooh. you know I, I don't know that's off the top of my head then again, it would be woefully unconvincing in AEW where you can get a deal by wearing boots. Aye, I, uh, I, That Those are my thoughts on the releases. I'm trying to be both sensitive, just, and realistic all at once. A novel concept. You mentioned
2: Danielson there. He's in
3: action tonight in oh, a Texas death it, match. Brian Danielson action. I think that undersells it.
2: Oh, my God.
3: Look, there are certain times that I... Step on the dick of the preview and talk about things I would ordinarily talk about on the preview on the review because I'm so excited when I see what's going to happen. As I said, I'm sorry, on the review of Collision, I think it was. As soon as this match was announced, I blurted out my excitement for it. (laughs) And I'm going to repeat myself. Texas death doesn't feel like an accident. I feel like they could have gone for basically any step where the idea is weapons and no DQs and blood and violence. Um... I think they've gone with Texas Death. Yes, it makes storyline sense of, I didn't quit. Okay, you you won't quit, but I'll make it so you can't even get up, which is basically the same thing. Um, But I feel like they have deliberately chosen this step because there is this this absolutely awesome aura feeling attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's almost a guaranteed stamp of this is going to be awesome. We expect it to be awesome. We are putting it on television knowing that you think it's going to be an incredible match. It's basically Tony Khan lobbing his dick out on the table and saying, watch this. (laughs) That's what it is. It's Mox Archer Fighter Fest 2021, I think. Mm. It's It's like they subverted what WWE have done to the Last Man Standing match, right? Because what they've done is they've created this match. And to be fair, some of them have been awesome. It's like John Cena's best matches were Last Man Standing matches. Um, But they've created this stip where the whole idea is they like to do things a bit more slowly there. And it's all about the suspense of when they can get up. It's all about these brawls, these big set pieces involving sparklers. And if they can get up from that. It's an excuse to do a long match. And I personally find a lot of them a bit boring. Texas Death, it's like a death sprint. The two, the two friggin' words are awesome together. Like Mox Archer was like a sprint to the mm. death. Um, the subsequent best ones were a bit different. Um, Mox Hangman. Hangman Archer was incredible. So inventive. Because I went over the ref. It's the one where he had to jump over the ref to do the yeah, shot yeah. onto the barbed wire table because... Um, the managerial dream team of Jake Robertson. Who? Oh, remember we had two managers at one point: Lance Archer, oh. Jake Roberts, and I'm going through all like brrr, the the the. It's time,
1: it's time to play the game.
3: Time to play
1: We're
3: the time game. Ha 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 ha! Oh, that was wrong. <laughs> Did it, did it, Who's the managerial dream team? Right, okay, it's not
2: Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> not Charvo Guerrero.
3: God, remember that. We always go 2025 20, was good. Well maybe <laughs> mostly it was. Yeah.
2: I wanna say Sanjay Ducked. Wrong. Yeah. The,
3: I don't think he was in the company.
2: Wasn't he? It just feels like a fixture now. Uh <laughs> God, it got a clue. Uh, yeah, go on. He
3: isn't there anymore.
2: He isn't there anymore.
3: No, no idea. Dan Lambert.
2: Oh, of course. They
3: cut the top rope off.
2: That was it, yeah. And it was
3: wonderful because there was not a soul going into that match. Everyone knew it was probably going to be great. But there was not a soul going into that match that didn't think... Uh, this is such a cliched first defense. That's Archer's kind of cliched role, and it makes it all the more predictable. The match will be pretty damn great, but no one's going to buy him winning. Yeah, it's like and then, Nyla
2: Rose always faces the new yeah. Winners, yeah,
3: and that story was, well, we know he's going to win, but how? It doesn't feel possible now. Perfect storytelling. Love that match. So this step is AEW's best. They've got a better step than Texas Death in their history. Anarchy in the Arena, probably. Mm. Anarchy in the Arena is more of like an attraction step, so it's sexier. But in terms of consistency, Texas Death, mm. they're awesome at this genre. Um, They'll get it right. Danielson will be licking his lips doing this. They might even get the strap back out or a belt. Um, Like, what if they try and get up at eight? Smash him with a strap. Yeah, Go down for another 10 count and get back up straight away. Uh, this is going to be absolutely incredible. I didn't fantasy book any spots. Um, what's interesting, though, is that, yes, he's been in Anarchy in the Arena, is that Danielson in Plunder Brawl, he's not really done many. He's probably done some in WWE that I'm forgetting about, but it's just de rigueur.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: He is, I think this might even take a minimalist sort of approach he had a fight without honor with Morishima um, in Ring of Honor, and it was like, alright, it's a battleground, a playground, kind of do whatever you want. Anything anything goes, so mm. when I go for anything, I think he's built it around like a strap, if I recall, or a chain, one of the two. It was basically one weapon, and it was built around that, it was really sort of understated, so maybe it won't be as like, you know, like they're using friggin' bricks and barbed wire and stuff in the Page Moxley Texas death, which was incredible. I think this will be brutal, but in a very more understated, minimalist way. I don't know who goes over. It's yeah, got to be Danielson. We were
2: saying with yeah, with Wrestle Dream around the corner, it would make sense for it to be Danielson. But it doesn't necessarily like doesn't take anything away from a match with ZSJ if he loses here.
3: Very different match as well. Like he could lose. I wouldn't do this because you want to really brighten Danielson's star. If the idea is he's got one full time year left have him win as often as possible, Mm. and then you really put someone over in 365 days' time. Um, So keep winning and winning and winning. I guess they could say if Danielson doesn't win, oh, well, you know, it's not a specialist field. His specialist field is technical wrestling, and he's going to really prove that. Then he kind of erased that. I don't know.
2: I suppose regardless, Ricky Starks as a heel can be like, well, I've already beaten Danielson, so... I pinned, well, I've already pinned Danielson, I should say. I just. It's
3: going to be interesting. If Starks wins this, and I don't think he will, that's pretty much, wow. They really see him as the mm. guy. Maybe that's MGF. Maybe you could add him to like that one-man shortlist of Adam Cole who could beat MGF for the title.
2: Yeah, Hamlet mentioned something along, something along these lines, didn't he? On the Dynamite review where it's like, what if we not necessarily at winter is coming, but effectively run back winter is yeah, coming, the rules completely reverse. Yeah. I love that as an idea.
3: I really like that as an idea. Yeah, you could add him to that really one-man shortlist if he wins, but I don't think he will. Before we go any further... I don't think you should either. No. I think you should get the most out of Danielson. If he's got one year left, you should have him win and win and win. Do another title match, like an international title run. Just I, I need this guy to win and win and win because the only flaw about Danielson's game right now is that... Does beating him mean that much? He's done a lot of jobs. Yeah. He's done a lot of jobs. Not Jericho level, but that's what
0: happens if he does any more. Hmm. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to Eufy.com, that's EUFY.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best in class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend.
2: wrestling rocketmoney.com slash wrestling well i was just gonna say um there's been a lot of talk recently uh around a certain what culture wrestling podcast channel that has been launched many people are saying it there is a there is a trailer of course out there and god knows if you're a fan of the what culture wrestling youtube channel and and- <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: i was just gonna
2: say if you've if you've just watched us on YouTube and you see maybe occasional round tables. there's one coming out with us soon as well in the next few days uh, where we maybe keep the, the wacky soundboard to a minimum and certainly the characters to a minimum. What must they think if they watch that trailer? Because it like starts off, yeah, okay, yeah, Sage, Hamflake, Will and we'll be talking about Raw and Smackdown and AEW. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: Got particularly uh, notified of this the other day when uh, Scotty T Scott Telford of the What Culture Gaming Parish, which has also got a great podcast, you can go and subscribe to wherever you get your. Podcasts if you like from. games, yeah, <laughs> he was in the office and I he was talking about something. Oh, he, I think we he, me and him and filming a quiz in a few days' time. And I said, well, if I'm unavailable, I can always get stacks to film it. And he went, who? And I was like, oh yeah, no, you've no idea what we're talking about there. But yeah, the trailer's out there now, but. Go and subscribe. Yeah, go and subscribe because there's a lot more coming your way in coming weeks, particularly next Wednesday. What Culture Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. There is a live Q&A we're going to be doing on that podcast channel. Probably Wednesday afternoon for our UK viewers slash listeners. Probably in the morning for our American. And then, sorry, everyone else, I have no idea what time that breaks down to. Uh, But it'll probably be, yeah, Wednesday afternoon. As long as we can, you know... Sort the time off with the misses, basically. Um, where we're going to do a live Q and A on the podcast channel, not just answering your wrestling questions, but asking you questions about what the hell is going to be happening on this channel. And on there, we're going to reveal lots of all the fun stuff that we are going to be bringing to the channel. On top of that, and people have been asking for this, we will finally reveal the launch date where there's just going to be regular daily video podcasts coming out on that channel. So if you haven't done so already, what cult wrestling podcast? On YouTube, go on there, subscribe, and join us Wednesday afternoon for our live Q&A. We'll tweet out links and what have you uh, as we get a definitive time in the diary. And if you are gutted that you're working or you're not going to be available to watch that, it's going to be up there for you to watch, of course. Um, But yeah, lots more exciting stuff coming to the video channel. We're very excited about launching this in the coming days, weeks, months, I can't say. It's a mystery. Mystery. Uh, Right, let's get back to AEW Collision. Collision. Because um, there's a title match also. Well, there was two title matches, technically. Uh, but there's a title match on tonight's show involving the TNT Championship that seems relatively straightforward. Christian Cage effectively said the other day, "It's a handicap match. It's not. It's a triple... It's a trios match. Um, uh three-way, I should say. Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, Darby
3: Allen. Is there any chance that Darby steals one here? Well, Steals no.
2: it. I suppose steals the title.
3: No, because Brian Alvarez has nailed it on observer radio yesterday christian is going to pin luchasaurus oh
2: god he is isn't he
3: christian is going to pin luchasaurus and he's like well i am the tnt champion and then they could do derby christian but do that again i'll take that again maybe stepped up at russell dream ooh which is in oh sorry yeah <laughs> No, I'm in Seattle. Seattle. I was trying to think then. I was like, where, where is it located, actually? Nine days. Is it in that? It's no. in, yeah, it's in nine days. No- yeah, it is. It's in nine days, Nevada. But it's in Seattle, which is where Darby Allen's from. Uh, yeah, So yeah, I'm yeah. expecting them to get a big match. And they've gone through that combination quite a bit, Darby and Christian Cage, on a pay-per-view that, you know, if Adam Cole can remain healthy, he's not going to have a world title match. Have a, a rematch. I know it's all very weird. This, I would have thought it would all just be done and dusted after Wembo. Mm. Well, after all out,
2: yeah. And um, we shall see. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. I'm thinking, yeah, that uh, they're going to be so concerned with and with Sting being banned from ringside, but uh, Nick Wayne being there potentially to watch.
3: Nick Wayne could thwart the handicap match element. Incense Christian Cage, and they could do Nick Wayne versus Christian Cage because Nick Wayne is also from no, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: presumably permutations. Luch- Luchasaurus's dad's dead as well because of the you know Ice Age dinosaurs and all that. So yeah, makes sense that he's actually turned on him. I did. Uh, yeah, that's really good from Brian Alvarez. He's a good podcaster, you know. He's what really a, good. He gets. The... It's one of the best podcasts out there, age That's not ours.
3: Yeah, but ours, realistically, is... The only one that's been described as... Uh...
2: One of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's
3: actually worth a f***. Not ours. You know, I told you, I'm, you know when like you have a, a tiff with someone, an argument, mm. and you come back in your head, and you just stew on it and think, oh, I wish I could go back in time and do that. Why didn't I say when he said that? I understand why. I was trying to be professional in yes. a scrum that I kind of didn't belong in. <laughs> I should have just said Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you got your podcasts from. Now Maxwell. Could have plugged it. Yeah. Uh, they knew. Everyone knew. Yeah, everyone, everyone listened. Um,
2: we've got a, a, another title match. S- slightly more straightforward this one. Yeah, the three-way
3: could be really entertaining. Mm. FTR versus the workhorseman, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. Right, I've watched the odd workhorseman match this year. They are on tremendous form. It's one of those where, it's, it for me at least, like I, if I was young in my 20s, I'd probably be gobbling up all of the wrestling. I might even have a completely different attitude towards everything, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not at that stage in my life. If you haven't seen much of the workhorseman, or, and I haven't seen much of this year that they are meant to have, have had, right... FTR and the Workhorsemen. Trying to use an analogy here. You know when people say, um, oh, you know, we like this band, the strokes. Oh yeah. They're, like, They're really, really good. It's so <laughs> like, try listening to Marquee Moon by television. And you know who's really the better one? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense because one was inspired by the other. Basically, the workhorsemen are the um very, very hipster FTR. They say that they, the hipster will say that workhorsemen are simply better. They do less self-conscious stuff in their matches. It's Just a bit more direct, brutal, less like acclaim bait. Just getting their business done a little bit more, you know, real grabs. Yes. Yeah, that's more real grabs. I know people use it ironically. Eboo, I know you use it ironically, and I love you if you're listening. Hey. But that's the general gist. So basically what I'm getting at is that the Workhorsemen, if you are unfamiliar with them, are a tremendous team. But not only did they get who are your chance because of the really dismal way they were introduced, it's like there's certain lessons that AEW just never learn and never freaking will. What about a vignette? Mm. What about a vignette or two with, like, footage from the workhorsemen, like obviously every indie that they work for will be like, I put that on television because you like direct traffic towards us. And we know that AEW have no qualms about doing this. It's not WWE. Are they going to run away and just watch PWG? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's compounded by the fact that Anthony Henry has just been a job guy, like t- a total job guy. And JD Drake... Less so a job guy, but he hasn't really done out in AEW for no. a long, old time. He had that singles match with Derby. Mm-hmm. He was in the wingmen. Yes. I think the idea was, if that had, if the wingmen had taken off, Oh, I'm sorry, but that is the expression that came into my head. If the wingmen, because obviously the wordplay, excessive wordplay for the sake of it is that it's the work of a <laughs> Um, I think the idea was, if the wingmen had taken off, And it wasn't this just, oh, I I get it, you're really trying to desperately be meme wrestlers and it defeats the object. I think the idea was, oh, J.D. Drake's harder and better than them. He could break away. It just never worked. No. So he's like, oh, wasn't he in the wing, man? That's sadly, J.D. JD Drake rules. Yeah. That's sadly where he's kind of like, at the best version of this match, if they'd gone to like an indie and FTR just showed up and challenged them, they'd been losing their minds and it would get loads and loads of time and, every fan in the building would be willing to make noise and know who all four men are. That would be awesome. This I have concerns about because they literally got Who Are Your Chance last week. JD Drake has been stigmatized as a comedy character, if people even remember him in AEW, in front of AEW fans. And because it's, they haven't been brought in or effectively promoted as ringers, like they are the best tag team on the underground. Just you friggin' wait until you see them work FTR. So I'll really worry about the heat. I don't worry about the work. I think the work will be absolutely exceptional. Um, I worry, worry about the heat. The best possible scenario, because I don't think anyone in Battle Creek, Michigan is really going to know who these guys are, is that they get 20 minutes, 15 minutes in the back half of the match. Like, just, they get, the fans get forced into caring by how good it is. It's
2: a lovely idea, but I think I know what happens here. You've got a show with Texas Death, give that all the time in the world, of course. You've got the Triple Threat for the TNT title. You've got Jay White and uh, Andrade Idolo, which we'll get to in a second. You've got RVD in action as well. And you've got the fact that you've already had recently Aussie Open saying whether or not you've got the tag titles, you already know that you're going to be holding the tag titles. We want to face you at Wrestle Dream with all the history of that and 1st of October and blah, blah, blah. I think they beat J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry as much as I love those guys in 60 seconds. I don't think
3: they do. I don't yeah. think they do. I think the story is that Aussie Open, as the challengers, are capable of putting teams who don't really have a name in AEW away very, very quickly. And I think they're going to tell the contrasting story where FTR struggled to put Workhorsemen away in like 12 to 15 minutes. And Aussie Open can say, we can do it quicker than you.
2: Jumps post-match?
3: yeah. But I think that's a, ni- that's a nice way of really giving the workhorsemen who deserve this opportunity. People have been raving about this tag team for, like, the last couple of years, like, heavily. So much so that, you know, like, AEW was really on the pulse. Mm-hmm. And if anything, they'll sign someone and put them on TV with no real long-term direction at the merest hint of hipster buzz, like Commander. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was getting mp Ford all over X for, like, his <laughs> mad aerials on the indies. And then he's like, right, be in for 12 weeks. And nothing. It's weird that the workhorsemen don't get this same look. Um, which, you might be right. You might honestly be right, but I think they'll give them 12... I'd like
2: to see them get plenty of 12 time. 12
3: yeah. good minutes. The idea being, alright, okay, well, we're beating teams in a, a minute flat, and you're taking your sweet time. It means your reign's coming to an end. That maybe yeah, maybe thing. play with that.
2: Maybe have, you know, a quick backstage interview before they go out there where they're going to be like, we'll show you. You'll show you Aussie Open just you watch the first minute of this, and then that almost
3: Wilborn. That is an absolutely tremendous idea. I mean, that's mainly your work, but I'll I'll take it. I'm just calling me butter baby. I'm on a roll. But I love the idea of them subverting that. Yeah, like in an action Andretti style way. I don't think FDR bargained for how much of a test this was. A, well, it might be more difficult than they thought against Aussie Open, and B, we've just established the workhorse men yeah. and let them work the books. Oh my god! Except they'd want to work the. Dark order again and again and again. Where's the noble a- Yeah. No! No!
2: No! No! Uh, we've got JY versus Andrade El Idolo tonight. Could or this not be tonight, the best?
3: Could this be the best episode of television all year? It looks great, doesn't it? It looks absolutely incredible. You the trifecta on a great promo on a great angle, but every match reaches its ceiling here, it could be better than Grand Slam. Wow. The bookends of which were exceptional, but... Huh? Who do you think wins this one? Don't care. Jay White. The money's in Jay White. Yeah. Jay could headline AEW pay-per-views. Andrade couldn't, I don't think.
2: JY going toe-to-toe with an MJF on the mic could be very
3: interesting. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of intelligence in a match... Between MJF and Jay White could have me purring.
2: Um wait a second. Cause it's not just it wouldn't just I'm not I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll talk to some spots in the match in a second. Uh, it's not just it wouldn't just be MJF going toe to toe on the mic with uh with Jay White. Who's in their corners? You got Adam Cole and you got Juice Rock hard! Juice Robinson as well. Oh my god. You've got a Tag match as well, you can Oh my god, oh my god.
3: They are absolutely kooking on this podcast, fantasy booking. Cooking. Sorry Andrade, I really like him now. He's <laughs> good, not great for me, Andrade.
0: What's
2: going on with him and Rouge oh, sh- knows? <laughs> Maybe that plays into it. Maybe the ding 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 interfere to help. Said that
3: about the House of Black. He beats he beats Buddy. Yeah. Wasn't what? it Malachi who was stealing his mask? <laughs> you know what I mean? What does Buddy do? Yeah. What, what, what did I do you know, the other fifty cent video? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, finally, Rob Van Dam. He is gonna be uh, back in action tonight. Uh oh goddamn, I keep saying tonight. It's not he's not red page, baby. I'm good, it's not tonight. Of course I'm it's buzzing for this show. Red page grand slam tonight. Um, which means Soslaw. This is the same. I remember last weekend going, Did, did I really fail to my do my job? Because I looked at the cards on Saturday morning for Collision. I was like, where's all this come from? I was like, oh, yeah, they have to get Rampage out of the way first. Um, RVD is in action. Now, that tends to mean, Sige, that uh, he's just going to be against some guy so he can hit 5 stars, frog splash and send everyone home. But, you know, we don't just send fans home like that on this podcast. So...
1: It's It's time to play the game!
2: Time to Time play ha! <laughs> I have the LBQT a- Marshall. Yeah. I have the <laughs> a- I have the AW roster page open in front of me. The game as always, you tell me to you stop, you're picking on between 1 and 5, and we're doing Pro Evo rules for those unaware. That means you can stick with your first choice or even stick with your second choice, but if you go to your third choice, you're stuck with that regardless of what it is.
3: Well, Stick that twist, provo rules. Yes, I am, honestly. Miles away, man.
2: Uh, I'm scrolling through the AW roster page. Who will face Rob Van Dam on collision, collision this,
3: this weekend? Stop.
2: You've got a, quite the a selection. Three. You just said one. It'd have been Johnny TV. You just said two. It'd have been John Moxley. You just said four. Josh Woods you'd said five. It'd have been Rock Hard Juice Robinson. John Silver. It's uh, Jose the Assistant.
3: <laughs> All right. Okay. Cool. Stick <laughs> or Twist. Cool. 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 Oh, t- Twist.
2: Stop. Four.
3: Matt Jackson. Stick. Yeah. Stick. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see. Because I know this man. I don't know this man. I know this man likes Rob Van Dam because of the airbrush gear. Mm. Kenny Omega. Oh
2: my god.
3: Kenny Omega hasn't been seen. Yeah. I think the idea is he got yeah punished. Drops on
1: his head by Kinosuke. Kinosuke,
3: yeah. So, but he could just easily have a match with Van Dam and say, "Abushi will see you at Wrestle Dream, and I will see what's left of you." After. I just want to see Kenny Omega on TV. Yeah. What's he doing? Build a character. Don't go, please, don't
2: go. Yeah. Well, that's any thoughts ahead of AEW collision on X. X. <laughs>
1: it's
3: so lame, in it? Yeah. X. Musk thinks it's the coolest thing.
2: Follow Michael Sidgwick at
3: M Sidgwick on X.
2: Follow me at Adam Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. Wednesday next week, a live Q&A with all of the Dadly Boys and some big reveals. But for now, this has been the Collision Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you
0: for joining us, and we will see you soon.